nice hat. Thanks, man. I, my wife converted me to a Boston Red Sox fan years ago. Oh, yeah? I mean, I grew up in, you know, my brother and I, we grew up in Southern California, so I was a big uh, Angels and Dodgers, even San Francisco Giants, yeah. Padres, West Coast, teams all the way. And let me tell you, when you date a woman and she takes you to Fenway Park for the first time and you're sitting in Fenway Park, you I was converted. I converted. don't know what you call that, but I had an experience. Had religious experience, yeah. It's... Yeah, and I bought this hat at the stadium and I I if I don't have to, I don't take it off, man. Yeah. Um <laughs> I went I went to a Red Sox Yankees game at Fenway in two thousand four. Actually, the, the the season that they ended up winning the World Series, or yeah. it was a 2003. But we went and saw, we sat in center field and uh, we watched the Red Sox beat the Yankees 18 to one with an in the oh, with yes. an, yeah with an in the park home run. Yeah, and I, I bought a I've, I don't have it with me, but yeah, I have a I have a Red Sox hat from Fen or from Yawkey Way. But sure. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm from I'm from New Hampshire, so yeah, man, you gotta. You got it. Once you go there, man, it's it is it's a religious experience because it is. You it realize is. that Fenway Park opened about a couple weeks before the Titanic sank. And, <laughs> yeah, and it's but really, but really, it, it's, yeah, yeah. And April, yeah, April nineteen twelve, and uh, yeah, you sit there and it's like, oh, holy cow. Yeah. yeah you just yeah. There's a there almost is like a religious like. I don't there, know what else to compare it to. There, You're it's, right. It's a very, yeah, it's very odd. It's like, yeah, it's like I, I couldn't put a scientific name on it, but it, you definitely almost feel like a century of games in there. It's, you know. That's right. That's right. Like, yeah, it's like a well-worn hat or like a, you mm-hmm. know. Good uh, pair of jeans, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On uh, a Friday night. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards. Seriously, yeah. No, it's a good It's a good cast iron uh, yeah. pan. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It is, man. You go there and you're like, oh, man. Oh, man. That's why there's so much resistance. Whenever they try to tear it down or put something new up, I swear to God, people in Boston start rioting. Oh, you're not going to mess with those people. In fact, my wife's from Boston. Oh, yeah. And, and when she uh, she worked so hard over the years uh, to get rid of her Bostonian accent, she went in the National Guard. She was in the Army National Guard for eight years and served during uh, uh, up until Desert Storm and everything. And I tell you what, she, because she was being made fun of because of her accent, she worked hard, got rid of her Bostonian accent. And it's too bad because I'm, I'm in love with it. Yeah. So the only time it comes out is if I'm in the doghouse and she's chewing on me a little bit, all of a sudden that Boston accent well, yeah. comes out. And I love it, yeah. but I don't love it that it's coming at me that way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. No, it comes. Yeah, man. I mean, all my family on my dad's side is from New England. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get rid of that. Oh, um, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I love it. Her her dad's accent is so thick. I need a translator. I, I think it's <laughs> I think it's the opposite of swamp people down from Louisiana. Yeah. If you've ever watched that show, they have subtitles. Yeah. They're speaking English. Yeah. But you need subtitles to understand. Her dad's like that too. It's yeah. just amazing. I did my first two years of college at Valdosta State University, Southern Georgia, and I had lived at that point. I had lived in Atlanta for nine years. And I and I thought I was you know I understood Southern accents at that point. I vividly remember the day I moved in. Like my brother and my mom dropped all my stuff up up at my dorm, and I guess I had walked by a girl who wanted to come like introduce herself to me. So I remember I like was in my dorm and I like knock 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 and I opened the door, and I remember not understanding what she was saying. 
Mm, legitimately was like very attractive but i was just like come again like i sorry like i at first i said like i didn't hear you and then i finally had to fess up i was like i don't know what you're saying i do not know what you're saying and she yeah she said so she's like hi like i'm chris i was like oh hey yeah nice to meet you yeah you, yeah it's it is swamp people you kind of get used to it see i've you never do. i've never heard a northern accent so bad that i couldn't understand it mm-hmm. but i don't know maybe that's just the south i don't know but yeah i know what you're talking about it's for yeah you're like are you talking english are you <laughs> yeah man i don't know dude man Got speaking, wall, man. You're like, speaking of the South, man, you wear a Boston hat down here in the South. They look at you. You're some white Yankee Yahoo, yeah. whatever, you know, they're, yeah. they're just going at it. And yeah. we're three hours away from St. Louis. So you've got the cards out there, the Cardinals. And they look at me like, I don't, I don't know. They're like, you're not even from this planet. And you're the, wearing that Boston hat down here. Jealous. Jealous. That's right. That's right. I tell you what, my students, they get extra credit. They wear a Boston hat to school. <laughs> Hey man, fair enough. Dude, I had a my roommate was a, a TA. He was actually he came to do his masters at UGA, but he went to Boston College. Mm-hmm. He came down, and he was get getting his masters, and so, I don't even remember what. But yeah, he was a TA, like a teacher's assistant, and one of his students was uh, this was in fall 2013 was Todd Gurley, the like star for UGA, and yeah. uh, I remember Billy used to be like. I'd be like, Billy, how does sports influence your uh, your grading? And he was like, it doesn't, except for Todd Gurley, because he loved, <laughs> Billy loved UGA football. He was like, Todd always gets an A for perfect attendance. I was like, has he ever come to class? He was like, not once, but nope, he's perfect attendance. I was like, Billy, you're part, you're part of the problem. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Perpetuating that problem, let me tell you. Yeah. Let me so, tell you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, what's going on? <laughs> living the dream are you kidding me living the COVID 19 dream um unlike some of the other rest of the part of the country living the nightmare Most of it of but i mean we're just confined to the house still uh, the, the worst thing of it is is i can get information you know, online or tv or whatever on the national level but locally jobs and stuff like that just not a lot of communication going on as a teacher we're just spitting out things still for students mm. you, i don't even i don't even think i have maybe close to 50 percent participation right now yeah um but i don't even think that's an accurate number necessarily so but we're we're kind of left in the dark in fact uh, where i work i just saw an email today and the superintendent is retiring this year they've got an interim in there right now so you've got this changing of the guard right yeah, in the middle right of this now. disaster and you're just going Bleh. but we still don't know if we're going back at the yeah. end of april may not at all that was, Wait, no idea it was like that uh that the head of the i don't know if he's still there but the director of the faa mm. his first day september 11th 2001 no. <laughs> yeah. Baptism wow. by fire. Good Lord in heaven. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, but I was gonna say so. Yeah. For well, I always forget because not everyone watches all the episodes. Introduce yourself real quick. I was so no everyone problem, knows no problem. David Libby. Um, uh, yeah, had multiple careers or at least beginnings of careers in the past. Kind of a jack of all trades. Um, one of the ones that uh, I really enjoyed at the time. Um, from Desert Storm till 
about 1998 um, for about three, three and a half year period in there. Uh, one of the jobs I held in the United States Air Force was a historian and I was primarily writing current modern history on the F-117A stealth fighter and kind of its operations. Um, you, you know, everything's pretty boring, quite honestly, during regular day-to-day situations. Uh, but anything happens out of the ordinary and it's like stirring up a beehive or a fire ants nest or something like that and just all hell breaks loose. And, you know, even from a historian point of view, you've got to document it for future learning so you don't repeat the same mistakes. I mean, that's kind of the mantra of history anyways. And it's something that I've implied or implied. I've internalized over the years just from my own life it's like i want to learn yeah. and not stop learning to the day i die simply in one sense i don't want to repeat my own past yeah. mistakes you know yeah. but so i had that career in the air force um after a while i uh, got out got my degree in english eventually got kind of two degrees in english so here i was a professional writer who hated english in high school for four years on that just shoot me gag me with a spoon yeah it was kind of an 80s saying you know yeah. Yeah. hated english ended up writing professionally as a technical writer as a historian it was ugly let me tell you maybe take some english classes ended up with two degrees in english also third one in education now i'm a high school english teacher and um sometimes uh, as much as i love the aspect of teaching that I love is that every day it's different. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're, you, you get a societal picture in public education, especially myself, because I've taught in high schools, California, mm-hmm. and coached out there, taught in the uh, middle school and high school area of New Mexico, and now I'm out here in Tennessee. And so unlike many of my other uh, students, teachers, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of widely experienced when it comes to teaching across the country. And so I have a snapshot from the West Coast to the Southwest, and now I'm east of the Mississippi. Yeah, not the Northeast, perhaps, or not the North, but now down here in the Bible Belt, I'm, you just get a bigger picture of what society is looking like mm. um, in, in the future generations of students. So mm. uh, just a wide variety yeah. of different experiences growing up, but... Some of the fondest ones are, I think, back when I was in the military and just yeah. had a great time. And, in the military. and right now you're, you're, what's the correct term, homesteading? <laughs> correct. Yeah. It's correct. In, it's interesting that you're doing, it's because of, you know, of the time that in my life that I've met you, you know, sure. in the last, you know, known you for, quote, known you for maybe two <laughs> weeks. It just so happens to be during like... The first global or the uh, the global hasn't been a global pandemic since 1918 and right. the world is shut down right and i just so happen to meet this self-sufficient homesteader so how what what made you want to get into it what just i mean i get it like i have a, a lot of my family like i said is new hampshire man everyone up there they all got you know places out in the mountains and you know infinite distances from civilization but they've all got solar panels they've got well water they've got you get your firewood from your backyard if you really wanted to you could go out and shoot a deer if you really if you really needed food they have you know they have septic tanks they have big um 
you know, oil tanks, but they get them, mm-hmm. they, they use those sparingly only when like you really need it. Right. And, um, but even that those, they get those filled very sparingly, but they are off the grid. It's, they are, I mean, they have satellite TV, satellite internet, but they are off the grid. It does not matter if the grid shuts down, you know, the only, what would shut them down would, aside from a nuclear blast, it would be, right. it would be an shut EM- me down too. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It would <laughs> The only thing that would it would be the EMP from a nuclear blast that would fry mm-hmm. their electronics. That doesn't matter whether or not you're on a grid. That's but right. I mean, literally, aside from that, they are self-sufficient. I guarantee you, their lifestyle has not changed one iota since coronavirus, because they're tiny little communities. No one really leaves, so no one's going and catching this thing. Right. And it's just like right. I guarantee you, they're all up there doing the same stuff they do every day of the week. Just campfires, four wheeling, jet skiing, snowmobile hunting. They tune in for watch coronavirus at night. They probably have a drinking game about it. Like, right? it, yeah, that's how they are, man. And it, but it ping pong balls in there. Yeah, right. but yeah. it's like it's almost it's like it's like the meek will inherit the earth. It's almost like you look at it and you're like, oh, they're not in civilization. And now it's like, man, if I had to go dip out and go to the hills, that's where I'm going because that's, yeah, right. Not only right. it's not that they're just surviving, right? It's not that they rent. They're surviving and thriving, and whenever I go up there, there's just like the biggest sense of community, and mm-hmm. there's something different when like you're all helping each other. Everyone's chopping firewood. Everyone's, you know, someone's truck gets stuck. Everyone comes and help. It's so they are. I mean, they are. I mean, it's not like you know, it's not like they're Amish. It's not like old fashioned. Like they all got iPads right. and iPhones and satellite GPS and touchscreens. It's it's as 2020 as it is. It's just when you look outside, you're not surrounded by skyscrapers or suburbia. It's just, you know, untouched mountains and crystal clear water and blue sky. Yeah. And it's like, that is, to me, that is like, okay, like that seems like that's the answer. Cause it's like yeah, the we- last place you want to be right now is Manhattan or suburbia or anything. Cause you're like, man, this, sure, like I'm in a house, but you know, if, really hit the fan if anyone wanted to come in they would just break a window i mean what right. is it what is your house drywall boards that's right they'd break through versus right. you're up there and it's like good luck getting there and not first of all good luck finding them <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's no that's roads right. there's no addresses it's not that's like right. they're at one two three four you know logging road it's yeah you know it's find this city six hours north of boston and then you're going to want to go into the woods on an old logging trail that may or may not be closed or washed out from rain and um turn yeah. right go 50 more yeah. miles yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah seriously like shut all the windows because it's dusty and you're bumping up and down that's right that's uh right. you're not gonna have cell service so right. um yeah if you get stuck shoot a flare <laughs> like you know and it's like and even if you did find them good luck breaking into any of those those log castles like right. those walls are three feet thick and if you do get in Good luck taking on a bunch of blue-collar mountain people who are armed to the gills. They are the definition of a well-regulated militia. It's, And I'm looking at it more and more, and I'm like, man, if I can get my podcast to get going and, like, make me a dollar, you know, nothing. I'm not, I'm not looking for millions. If I can just get enough to, like, shit, man, I might just get, like, some satellite internet and just go bug out up into the hills because their lifestyle Tell me, yeah. is has not been say, interrupted. There was, there was a... A couple of weeks ago, I think I watched a clip on YouTube real quick. Now, check this out. One of the other backgrounds I have, too, is a financial background. 
is I was a banker for a while oh, and I then I was studying to be a stockbroker. And so I kind of keep up on that and just kind of mash these ideas together. <laughs> and there was a, a clip I think on YouTube and it was this guy who up in the mountains of West Virginia was the caretaker of some type of, uh, I, what do you, um, what do you call it when you, uh, oh, I just, I just had it. It's a timeshare. Think okay. of it. I don't know if this is what it was, but it seemed like a timeshare type of opportunity where he had concrete bunkers. He had two story log cabin type of situations. They're all full with food oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. water and what he does is for the members of that community i think he charges them a thousand dollars a month or a year oh, i don't know okay. how it goes and so that obviously it sounds like it pays his salary or something but he helps to maintain this so that in the event people need to leave if they're in the city and they need to leave and they're a member there they can go there yeah. and they have a place to sleep food water shelter i've read about those places yeah uh, you know they're they're they sound it sounds interesting for me as as a money-making side as a stream of income right where yeah. i can i can build something like that and then you know timeshare it out Project, whatever you want yeah. membership but then it also sounds creepy because it sounds cultish in a way and something you know white supremacists would only do that and <laughs> yeah it's just, you're going, how do you, how do you, if you want to be respectable, how do you advertise that? Because you don't, it's, you back, don't, it's backstream, <laughs> it's backstream contact. It's a, a, a you're a, you're a rich, you're a newly minted millionaire CEO. Hey, right. I know a guy that knows right. a guy. It's right. I've always kind of thought about the interesting side of like the, the end of the world sort of prepping industry, just from an right. industry point of view, not even, right. not even people that do it, not, not, not hate, not condoning, not condemning, just looking at it from just purely a business standpoint. Right. You don't want to sell stuff for stuff like coronavirus, where like the world goes on pause, but it will come back. You want to sell people the apocalypse end times stuff, because this is why. Something like that, right? A nuclear bunker, what are you, 50 feet underground, you know, lined with lead, a Faraday cage, got some like, you know, HEPA, HEPA air filters. Mm -hmm. got all of that get all their money and you get it during just peacetime like let's pretend coronavirus wasn't going on it's just sure it's just april whatever and you just get you're getting a you're getting a steady whatever 2500 a month from these millionaires and you get to enjoy that money in the here and now in a functioning society right when when society collapses you don't need a follow-through you can just shut the door. Hey, come up. Hey, I have a ticket, sir. Oh, you do? And I've paid you this much money. And that's when you really see that money is just paper. Really? That's right. Because right. I've got a 12 gauge in a, in a bank vault. Good luck. You're yep. just, you know, you got this rich guy out there in a Bentley in the middle of the woods. Like, you let me in. And it's like, no. You no, know, I don't care. What do you mean? I paid you. I don't care. I'm keeping all this. But it has to be the end times. Because if it's not the end times... If it's just coronavirus, once it all settles back down, they're going to legally destroy you. Right. If not, right. take out a hitman and take you out. <laughs> or, and or, your business will now fail because it's going to be like, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Right? So it's, you want to only sell like you nuclear. You walk the edge, man. You walk that line. You only want to sell nuclear Armageddon. 
Because right. when it hits the fan and they come knocking and be like, I don't know you. What are you going to do? How are you going to, who are you going to call the cops? There's no cops. There's right. no, you know, right. it's, that's when, right. yeah, that's when it's, it's, it's real raw power. It's not money or contracts. It's who's got a shotgun and clean water. Right. But here's, here's what, yeah, here's where it's real for me. You asked me the question, you know, how did I get started oh, yeah. with homesteading and everything? And it, it all, con- to me, it all connects anyways. And it made for some of your viewers as well. And it's weird. I was in, um, was in New Mexico at the time. And I went into a, a thrift store and because I like reading, I actually like reading physical hard books or whatever. Right. But I'm going through their used book section, looking, scrolling through and I, Oh, look at that one. And it was a book and I'll have to get the title for it if you're interested in later. Mm-hmm. But basically it was a book about the world's oil and the economic impact on the world's oil. So just imagine for a moment that that one of the arguments in this book was, okay, OPEC controls the majority of the oil, at least they had up until Trump really took office in one sense, and now we're kind of dictating terms now. But imagine uh, different spots in the world are sitting on these deposits of oil, crude Mm. oil, right? They have to be mined out, pumped out of the ground and processed. Okay. What happens? What, what, what is going to be the, the policy of those governments once they believe that they have now reached at least People. the halfway point of their oil deposits? Mm-hmm. So that means they have consumed, processed, whatever you want to call it, half of what they believe is in the ground. Mm how is their policy going to change? And if you think about it, if you look at it from a world economic standpoint, so much of the world's wealth has flowed into places like Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And that's why all these folks in Saudi Arabia, you know, are just ungodly, stinking, filthy, rich, and why Saddam Hussein, even during Desert Storm, literally had a golden throne. Oh, yeah. You should ask Daniel about that next time, and if he hasn't talked about, it, I don't know, can't remember all the details of your interviews the with dance, him, but I think he may, he may know something about Saddam Hussein's either golden throne, literally sits yeah. on a throne, if you or it was just glorified toilet. Yeah. But I mean, either way. Please tell um, me Dan has a picture of him on the throne. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> but Dan's got a selfie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so okay, but what's the? So I'm reading this book. And I'm looking around, we're living in about a 10 minute walk from the university in, in the second largest city in New Mexico, Las Cruces. And I, it, we're less than a quarter acre, we're on top of each other, not like a bigger city, like obviously LA, New York, but still where you're having to call the cops because of college parties and domestic violence, you know, all this stuff. And it was just kind of getting worse. But I remember just reading this book going, huh, what? is going to happen to the world's economy once the shift of power changes because of oil. And I started looking around my house and I'm going, I couldn't believe just how much stuff, material things I had in my house that was created from oil. Plastic, yeah. I mean, just everywhere you look, it seems like, or that oil is kind of the fuel source for these, for the machinery to build something else, even a book, maybe, you know, yeah. just in one sense, it's connected that way, right? If it's yeah. not an electricity, it's oil based. Yeah. So I thought, well, what happens when that disappears? 
I mean, what happens if we can't, America, get our oil going, which we are now, but eventually, maybe not in my lifetime, maybe in my kids, maybe in my grandkids' lifetime, that's going to change. So if that's that consumer mentality, our economy is based on oil and in a very real aspect, just like the rest of the world's, what's going to happen? Well, I can't afford things. Hmm. We we went through, if you remember, that, that was during the time where gas prices across the country were hitting five bucks a gallon in certain places. And I just thought I had to commute at least 45 minutes one way to just go to work. Hmm. What if I can't afford to fill up my gas tank anymore because my salary is not Enough. keeping hmm. pace with cost of living and what's going on economically? I What, I'm going to take my army cot and my mummy bag and, and a change of clothes and, and sleep in my classroom and use the PE shower yeah. to shower and shave and do everything in the morning and, and just come home on the weekends and I'm 45 minutes away. Yeah. So this idea started kicking around in my head, the dollar oil, we need to be more self-reliant because just in a city, in a city, you can, I mean, we had a tiny yard, less than a quarter acre. And we tried to eke out a tiny little vegetable garden. But because we're in the Southwest, it fried so much of the vegetables. And we had to plant in shade, if mm-hmm. you can believe that or not. So they wouldn't get direct sunlight. And we, we, we couldn't even produce enough to feed our family on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So that was just, I guess, the wheels of just got turned in. I talked to my wife kind of in conjunction with that. Being a public school teacher, I advocate for homeschooling. Mm. Our, our second oldest daughter, um, we didn't like what they were doing with her ac- uh, ac- academically in grade school. Mm. We pulled her out. We had best friends in Albuquerque. They did homeschooling with their with their daughters. I kind of see how I saw how well it worked. I'm like, okay, this is going to look weird. People are going to make fun of me or whatever because I'm a public school teacher or homeschooling. I don't care anymore. Yeah. I, I know the difference can speak with some, not just experience, but some authority and expertise in that area. And so this all kind of mashed together. And eventually we got to the point where we're raising the kids that we still have in our household, but we weren't tied to staying in the desert. Hmm. Water, huge issue in the desert. Yeah. I, I mean, I had so many friends that were farmers how did they keep watering their crops how did they provide for the country because these were bigger farmers these weren't just local farmers for themselves so these were you know national farmers if you will and they i what i saw out there in the desert is the rio grande river supposed to be this the second arguably or the third largest river in the united states as a national resource and six to eight months out of the year it's bone dry Mm. And so these farmers are, they, they pay every year for these water rights yeah. so they could flood irrigate out there yeah. in the desert and they're receiving less and less water for the same amount of price they're paying every year. Mm. Well, now they have to pump from wells yeah. and the, they've pumped so much of their well water out and it's not being resupplied, right? Recharged. It's brine water now. So it's this foamy, salty yeah. kind of smell to it. Not stagnant, but you just go, that's, how is that healthy? Yeah. But that's what they're relying. So they're fighting that battle out there. I'm going, 
if it hits the fan out here so close to the border of Mexico, et cetera, et cetera, how are we going to survive? And now we've been out here three years in Tennessee and, you know, nine acres just about we're planting. My wife's been planting like crazy, probably the largest garden we we're going to, we're going to have up to date. Mm. Um, we're not 100% off the grid because we didn't buy property that far off the grid. If that makes sense. Yeah. We were, we were looking for some type of happy medium. For example, if I can get out of teaching and I could do this full time, we can sell what we make. Mm. Everyone needs food. I mean, yeah. I've got some friends out here that are big time farmers, Yeah, be it Tyson birds, be yeah. it uh, crop share. I mean, they own hundreds of not thousands of acres. They work it. And that's the one thing they tell me all the time, David, I really admire what you're doing because when you think about the basic needs of human society, we need shelter, we need water, we need food. Yeah. Uh, I guess we can run around naked if we have to. Yeah. But I prefer some clothing personally because yeah. I burn in the yeah, sun. Yeah, a little so, too white. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's it's where it all got started. It's weird. It's just a book, and eventually just you start finding snowballed. like-minded people. Yeah. And you share ideas off of one another, and respectfully, we we have friends back in the desert that go. Based on what's going on right now with the with the virus thing, we really admire and respect you guys, and we're kind of jealous because you're able to do things that if if we can't simply go to Walmart and buy groceries, we've got things going on here in our small farm, our homestead, um, that we we're good for a few months. We yeah. don't have to. We might have to adjust our eating, maybe down sure. to one big meal a day. Sure but we're not going to go hungry. And that's, that's the thing that city folk are missing out on either. I think they need to network and have friends that live out in the country and will buy food mm. like chicken and beef and vegetables or whatever. So they can have that type of supply system, that network for them or, or they time, need to come out here time and, and kind of learn how to do all this stuff. I feel like with coronavirus, you're probably going to have more people like you. Yeah. They're going to be offering like, hey, you know, thousand bucks a month, you will have a room reserved. You or know? or a thousand bucks a month or whatever it is, we will plant you this much this food. much yeah. acreage or whatever. Not maybe not acreage, but you know, proportionately. Um, based on your membership plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and if you don't right. if you don't use it, like you'll get five hundred back. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so just what yeah. I, I mean, I don't know any business, but like, yeah, it's. Yeah. I think you're gonna see. I just I always get this weird feeling when I'm in cities. Just even years before coronavirus, there's like there's this one here in Ocean City. There's this one sort of just seedy old building, and it's just like all your touristy crap, all your you know cheap t-shirts and posters but it's this old building and they've just got inventory like you wouldn't believe and i never go in there i used to walk by doing work because i would just look at it right it's an old building no not in like the last century it doesn't have any fire codes and it's just stuck to the ceiling with just like dried out just posters knickknacks hats and i'm just like i don't go in there because i'm like if someone dropped a cigarette You'd have oh, like right. you'd have like twenty seconds to get out before right. it would be. I mean, think about like a brush fire. You know, you 
clear it all. You gotta throw a match on there. You count to thirty, and this thing's already dangerous. Like that's right. Fire I've goes like those. fire yep. is. It's quicker than anyone really thinks. Not that I'm some expert, but it's the same feeling when I go into cities. I kind of get that. It's like when you're in like downtown Manhattan. Maybe I'm just an anxious person, but I'm always like, aside from just like, okay, well, if there's a terrorist attack, it's gonna be here. Not even that though. It's just like I could never stay there. I could never live there because it'd be like if anything ever happened any coronavirus any sort of like disruption of the status quo right. a deviation from our our societal homeostasis it's like it's that feeling of being in the tinder box it's like you're right there you know it's like where are you gonna go you're in the middle of a herd and you know, there's a lion. There's nowhere to go. There's a there's lion on the mountain, and I, there's a lion up on the hill, and everyone sees it, and there's a stampede. Right. You're done. There's just, yeah, and again, it's like, you know, we always, you know, well, I'm in my house, and it's safe. And it's like, your house is safe when, like, society is safe because, like, there is the deterrent of, like, yeah, I'll call the cops. Like, you know, if you're smart, you'll have a gun. It's, right. But, you know, it's the idea. It's like, yeah, you're in your house, and what keeps people from coming in, whether or not they think you own a gun, is, like, it's understood that like police will be here they will get fingerprints and they will find you and it's hit or miss you're in america you don't know if there's a double barrel shotgun on the other side of the window that's right shout out america that's right but ultimately it's like say during coronavirus let's say it just got 10 times worse and there's right now it's already there's a delay in emergency services what if there are no cops if someone's really looking at it like i i want to get in there because i don't have food for my kid ultimately a window is just a pane of glass. You can take yeah. everything. You, you don't even need your hand. I mean, you just take your a phone case and just, you know, punch it hard enough. You're in. Then you can open it. That's right. The walls, again, it's my house. It's safe. They're very safe against, like, rain. They're very, we're very good at keeping minimal shelter. But these things are made competitively to be sold to the lowest price. That's right. This is not a bank vault. You really want to, man. You An apocalyptic scenario, you really want to. You have any decent sized truck just hit just hit a side go you know punch through the garage back up punch through a wall you're gonna hit drywall it's drywall you might that's hit right. some studs that's you right. might hit some couple two by fours and mess up your truck you could literally bulldoze a wall with any automobile i'm not that's saying right. you won't get hurt airbag will probably deploy but like if you really <laughs> want to get in you can get in there's no the, the power and the deterrence it's all you know, it's like when there's a median on the highway, there's a literal concrete wall. You can't get on the other side. When it's just a, a yellow line, my older brother John used to say, he'd be like, hey, man, don't forget that yellow line is just an agreement. <laughs> it's, just, it's an agreement. You're just hoping every car that comes the opposite way, you're just hoping that they are as sane or more sane than you. Because <laughs> it's just an agreement. You talk to my brother, he says that yellow line is a suggestion. Well, Dan's, Dan, Dan's a special guy. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. definitely special already. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, a, he's, he's, he's really special. Um, we, we love you, Dan. Um, but it's like there's no real – and again, it's like, well, I have food. There's the grocery store. If the prices go up, I got money. But it's like what about when push really comes to shove and money kind of shows its face for what it is? It's just paper, man. You, right. can, you can burn it for few you can have one good bonfire you know you can cook something but there's a lot of like real power and real strength when you go up to these places in the middle of nowhere or down south and it's like they have gardens they have they're surrounded by a, a literal million acres of lumber and uh 
what, what's the term for it? Man days of meat, meaning how many right. days of right. meat are there or how many meals are there? I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of deers. And you know, t- Tommy too, there's, there's all kinds of aspects to this. So many benefits, uh, like you're suggesting there. Um, a term that's been thrown out, I'm sure. I, I know I've heard it here since the coronavirus uh, hit the U.S. and it really started kicking off. Uh, and it's something that my wife and I have investigated a couple years ago when we first moved out here. But you've heard the term of victory gardens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. World War Two. World War Two. Basically, yeah. you know, we we are still living in a country where the majority of people. Obviously, that may not have lived in the cities, but the majority of the country, you know, they had their own garden in their backyard. And it's it's crazy to uh, scroll through YouTube, Victory Gardens, and you see some government videos that have been digitized because, you know, they weren't digitized back then. They're still in black and white. And even the government was like, here's how you preserve potatoes, you know, and here's how you plant. And here's they were totally promoting that stuff. That self-reliance is something that Americans have been defined by since the formation of our country. It just we're self-reliant. And again, looking for a silver lining with this issue I think some of us are starting to remember that now. I think yeah. we're either forced to because we're we're staying at home, we got nothing else to do. I might as well read, educate myself, whatever, talk, or self-reflect. That's a silver lining. I'm like, wait a minute, have your own garden. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff on the internet with folks in cities that are have raised beds, they have rooftop gardens. Now, it's going to provide them a little bit of food, but it's not going to be the quantity of food they're going to need for a prolonged siege if you want to call it that yeah. you know a couple of weeks eh, maybe two three four five months not even close but the, the idea is there so it's it's in the cities it's certainly out in the countryside um we're learning a lot the other benefit is my younger children um, they're learning how to work hard yeah and they are not going to be um attached at the hip with technology do they are they on technology yes is that their driving force is i'm not going to let it be their driving force in in their life right now they may decide that later when they're adults but they can do that when they're adults but right now they're going to learn the value of working hard planting crops weeding the garden harvesting the crops taking care of the animals processing those animals because my youngest daughter she's like don't make me do it again daddy don't make me don't make me you know what's her job (laughs) her job is um so daddy cuts cuts the heads drains Uh the blood all that stuff make sure they're dead yeah and then he hands supposedly the dead chicken to his daughter and his daughter has a pot that's boiling water, checking the temperature. She's supposed to dunk the bird in there real quick a couple times or whatever, loosens up the feathers, and then she hands it off to mom, and they start – no, no. Well, we pluck the chicken, of course, yeah. and process it. She hates that job because apparently I uh, – Was one of them alive? Yeah, I thought it was, you know. Nervous system was still firing. Oh, my goodness. It started <laughs> hot water flying everywhere. She is screaming in a terrifying. Ah! I would too, man. I'd, oh, I'd be, man. My voice she, would be higher pitched oh, than hers. 
tears, you name it, right? Just, I would too. <laughs> and I thought, sorry, we, we still have 10 more to do, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wipe your eyes. <laughs> she'll never forget roll. that. I, yeah. I didn't mean to do that, but she'll never forget it. So, yeah, it's <laughs> solid values, man. I'm telling you, solid values. Yeah, it's even with just this podcast, it's there's something to me like I just want to get enough money just to get an apartment and to pay for food. You know, it's not, I mean, who wouldn't want to, who, who doesn't want a billion dollars? But to me, sure. it's like what I'm gunning, like whenever I describe what I want, I want an apartment. I want to be able to pay for my own health insurance. I want to pay for groceries. You just cost You don't want the to... government paying that for you? No. Are you kidding? Come on, man. No. That's a great deal. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> right there. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> But whenever I describe that to people, they're like, dude, you could just go get any job. And it's not like it's not like my goals are a Lamborghini and a penthouse. It's like very they are very low bars. But to me, it's not that, you know, if I just had a normal job and I went and got that, I don't think I would appreciate it. For me, the goal is like if I can just get that bare minimum that I could get from working at Burger King. But if I could get it through doing a podcast, doing something I love and knowing that I built it up and created it and created my own source of wealth, that is a that is a level of satisfaction that most people will never experience in their life. Correct. And that's one thing that I could definitely that's what I want to ask you is I could definitely imagine is a massive part of your life when you're more self sustaining. Just again it's one thing if you go and buy a chicken breast. It's another thing if you raise the chicken, feed it, kill it, skin it, boil it, you know, and cook it. And it's like, oh, I did this. Right. There's a certain, right. you know, chopping firewood and lighting a fire, right? You have one in your mm -hmm. living room up at our lake house. There's something, you know, it's, if you turn on the heater, it's whatever. But when you go downstairs and it's freezing out and you stack up and grab a couple pieces of birch and you run back up and you throw it in the fire and, and you feel it's it's a completely different type of warm because you're like, I did that, right. you know? Right. Do you find that you that you have that experience with? with you have a deeper setting? appreciation yeah. for stuff, right? You just... Not even it, special stuff, it, normal right. stuff. It, it's just... Like you said, flipping the light switch on and off. Huh, huh. You know what? I I love electricity. Sure. We want we want to get to the point where we can get some solar panels and get off the grid that way, or at least have my electric meter run backwards so they pay me each yeah. month. I would love you know that yeah. sounds good to me. But um, I, how much you just take that for granted? Could we live in a house that we're relying candles and stuff? Yeah. And I tell you what, we would learn how to make the candles ourselves too. Yeah. So you know, yeah you'd have learn. to go buy them all, you know, but. Yeah, yeah. Now, see that—that's the thing about homesteading. Unless, unless you're starting off with homesteading, and you have a reserve of cash, mm. so that means either you know you you already have a reserve of cash, you've been in, uh, have an inheritance or something like that. If you're starting off like my wife and I, man, I'm a school teacher for crying out loud. So I can't quit my full time job right now and work full time here unless I develop some other streams of income. At least uh, in your case, here's what I'm hearing. I just want to replace what mm -hmm. I'm making as a teacher, which 
you're familiar with that they don't make a whole lot yeah but if i if we're living off of that right now and i can just simply replace that for now replace that stream i'm done i'm i'm not going back to work coronavirus or whatever i uh -uh, i'm done because now i can work full-time out here which my wife would love uh being home it's this dichotomy right now where wait i see you husband that means you need to get your butt out in the garden and start planting yeah. which she's right yeah she's right but i'm also online i'm still teaching yeah. during the day so i know it frustrates her it makes her it makes me frustrated because i'd rather be out there yeah now i again i i come from at least my dad's side of the family grandparents anyways they understood the value of having your own garden raising your own animals they came from nothing in one sense yeah. doing those types of things so some of that trickled down to myself and my younger brother daniel and and so we have that inside of us and so i want to be able to at the end of the day not not my regular job but i have to do that and while i'm also doing this put my head on the pillow knowing wow that's pretty neat mm. that's something that I or my wife or my kids did with their own bare hands and they've actually accomplished something in their life. Yeah. Besides the academics, which of course I'm not negating that because they need to be intelligent. But, and again, I don't, I don't speak from a long line of farmers. I mean, yeah. I've heard farmers that say there's life in the soil, you know, they hold it in their hands, they smell it and they go, that is life right there. Yeah. That's what it's all about. I'm like, I can't say that. that. That's not yeah. what I, but I do know the value of hard work, which I think many of us innately do though. Yeah. It's, it's just, what does that look like for people nowadays Yeah, that don't live in the type of culture that my wife and I have chosen yeah. now to live in? Yeah. And that's, and that's not to say that living in the city is bad it's not good. Right. it's it's right. not for me you know sure. it's like sure. my it's like if we have different favorite colors your favorite color isn't bad it's just not my favorite color right and i have to understand right. that and you have to understand that so i'm not i don't i, I don't you know it's not like oh city folk it's not they do <laughs> I, I love skyscrapers dude I, i've loved skyscrapers since i was little i've read every uh sears tower 1454 feet tall world trade center is 1351 feet tall Burj Dubai, 2,708 or 2,821 feet. Chrysler Tower, 1,046. You know, it's like, I, I like I love skyscrapers. So I love cities. I, the bigger the metropolis, the better. I just don't want to stay there. And I'm scared right. of heights. Right. I don't even want to go up. I just want to, from a distance. You saw the Lego tour, didn't you? Because it came through. We have something out here called uh, Dude, Discovery built, Park of America. I built and Legos. Let me tell you, you would have like, loved this. You I built Legos till I was like 18, yes. man. You would have loved this. So uh, it was early last year. They had a VIP, or members out there, they had a VIP viewing of a traveling museum type display that was towers of the world all built in Legos. Yeah, yeah, I know what it, you're talking about. I tell you what, I played with Legos growing up as a kid, but seeing that, I'm going, <laughs> I was one of those guys that uh, even with the instructions, I couldn't build whatever it is I was supposed to build. So to be able to build these things, scale replicas. Yeah of those skyscrapers they're like 40 feet tall without plans but it's legos it's yeah. amazing they're huge yeah. huge but you're right you're right that i love going to, i'm not an introvert yeah i mean i'm an extrovert because i enjoy talking to people interacting with them um i can be real happy as an introvert being out in the country yeah <laughs> yeah but i like going into cities and 
shopping, yeah. walking downtown, seeing the arts and entertainment. I cool. love that type of stuff too. It's cool. There's a reason why you know people have been going going to the big city forever. I mean, there's something about you know. Right. I don't even. I've, I, I've probably been wearing the same shirt for ten years. But man, if there isn't something right. cool about going into like a six-floor subterranean mall, and right. it's all glitzy and the escalators and the food courts and like, it's awesome. It's That's awesome. Right. Who right. doesn't like going to a skyscraper and you just look up and it's like, oh my god, you know? Yeah. Like that's pretty amazing. When I walked downtown in Boston for the first time, yeah, you know, I, I, my wife was showing me the sights. I'm going. It, oh yeah, it's pretty cool. I like Boston. Yeah, honestly. His, I like downtown. History Boston. is magic. Yeah. yeah, it's like the cobblestone streets, and those mm-hmm. those are literally from the the old like shipping routes. Literally the oh, old yeah. like wooden That's... and sail because they'd use cobblestones as as a as weight. Because you know they they come to the colonies, they pick up all the sugar and the spices, That's and right. they go back to England and they dump it all. But for the ship to come back, you can't have it really light because the waves will throw it around, so they'd fill it up with rocks. Well, what do they do nice. when they get here? they got to dump the rocks. Where are the rocks? That's what all those old streets are in Boston. Nice. It's like there's nice. a certain level of, like, magic. Yeah. And, I mean, I can get the fulfillment standpoint of, like, living in a city. Like, you and I are talking about producing our own thing. Right. I mean, I could definitely – like, I can see the – I could see the fulfillment of if you live in, like, a penthouse in a city because it could be – I, you know, I'm just speaking from that theoretical point of view. It'd be, I have worked so hard and I am so successful that I don't have to toil in the dirt. You know, right. people, right. I have, I have room service. I mean, you know, I'm a big executive in a penthouse. I have room service. I have maids come in. You know, I could see that fulfillment. Be like, I have achieved this lifestyle for me and my wife. Right. You know, so it's a right. different form of fulfillment. Right. You know, just not for the apocalypse. That's um, right. That's but, right. So <laughs> you you wanna yeah you wanna create a podcast, right? And one of one of my things just is start. Just uh, start. probably because I've had a uh, yeah just start just start just, start. just start, Jack, dude. being a jack of all trades over the years it's kind of hard to know what direction to go with. Um, start. You could just talk about a bunch of random topics or. Um, you can be focused, you Look know. What I do, hey, man. Right? Look at what I literal. I, I wanted to start a podcast from 2015 until 2019, and I finally did in December 2019 because I realized I was like, I'm just gonna start. People are like, What are you gonna talk about? And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, How am I gonna start? Well, I'm like, To get on guests, you know, it's hard getting guests when I'm like, Hey, we do my podcast. And I'm like, Yeah, can I see it? And I'll be like, I don't have any episodes. They'd be like, No. So I was like, Okay, what do I need to do? I found one of my friends. I was like, Hey, dude, we do my first episode. He's like, sure. It was just some stupid conversation. But right. I did that with several friends until I got like 10. So now I could link the podcast and be like, here are my episodes. You know, there you go. Right. they each got 10 views, you know, but whatever. Right. Right. And then I could get more. And then it was, you know, reaching out and finding other. First, it was just any friend I could. And then it was, how about interesting friends? JP Variano from, you know, he was my older brother's friends from high school. His mom was the lunch lady. You know, oh, I know he flew drones in the Air Force. I'm going to have him on. Have him on a couple of times. Hey, I've got a buddy named Nick Phelps. He was also, yeah. he also flew drones. Hey, Nick, why don't you come on? Hey, I've got a buddy named Dan Libby. Hey, I've got a brother named David Libby. And but that's how it's. And this is just one example, but this has happened sure. with different different guests where it's spiraled into these things. And now, dude, now I'm having guys on that were in Delta Force, like you know, yeah, it's, that was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, 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 I like, like it. yeah, and uh, they did CIA operations. I'm trying to get on a guy who uh, I'm trying to get on one of the Blue Angels, but it's all cascading into like but dude if i had 
if I had just done what I had been doing for five years and like trying to plan it out and get it all perfect, I'd yeah. still be doing nothing. It was when I finally decided, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start and I'm just going to admit to myself that the first couple are going to suck. <laughs> They're just going to, not only just like technologically, like the the resolution was low, the audio is terrible didn't know how to edit i didn't literally didn't know how to edit so it'd be like all right bathroom break and there'd just be like two minutes of silence and they'd be like and we're back and it was like how, how many people were listening to my podcast and then just got silent and they're like screw this and it's but it's i just kept doing it and you know now i've, I've got a microphone hundred dollar microphone nice. audio audio is okay. a little better i still don't know how to rip audio directly so you, i just have it right next to the speakers i have it it's it's up on like a stack of boxes. Nice. <laughs> so it's nice. right by the speakers. Okay. It's all right. I have a laptop. I don't have an editing computer. So what do I have? I got a couple uh, fans from Amazon. There are these, there are these like plastic cased fans. Twenty bucks. They're really quiet. They blow the air around from under, so you're not heating up your laptop because screen recording. I figured out through trial and error. It's really loud, and it gets to a point where you can't hear the podcast because it's just. <sighs> because right. the fans That's are running right. so i was like all right you know i'm not going to go and buy a ten thousand dollar computer how am i going to make do with what i have okay get these little fans going all right figure it out more all right and um okay after after 50 episodes i was like it kind of looks bad that i'm just in this room and there's a bunch of boxes and old laundry <laughs> all right flip the desk around put a backdrop okay and it's just you know finally got a chair i used an old rocking chair literally from like world war one for the first 50 episodes and was like let's get a chair and it's it's just getting better and then it's like all right i learned how to like when you upload the video and you can put in like key terms for people searching so instead of just uploading it i could put up like for this it'd be like you know homesteading uh, self-sufficiency coronavirus not only that it's like oh if you can get different effects if you put the same word in the title the description and the tag oh, okay now you can get more views and it was it's it was and still is and i imagine will continue to be a brutally raw trial right. and error right. it's like the game operation okay not going that way all right not that one but as you go you start to see the outline of where you're to be working in sure. once you figured that out you're no longer buzzing you know whatever the buzzing may be microphone cutting out overheating then once you've established that outline which i think i've got to now knock on wood i'm at seven episode 74 now it's like okay now i can get into like the content like do i find planned podcasts are better no i find those are really they're dry and not natural okay so i have on guests listening to my own episodes oh wow i interrupt a lot okay so i should have a notepad next to my laptop so when you say something i go okay i write it down and i can come back to that instead of losing right. my thought right um just little stuff okay like um i don't want to be losing my episodes because each one of these takes a lot of time to produce so i got an external hard drive like all right yep. so as soon as yep. it's uploaded i put it on the external so in case anything yep. happens to the computer or the youtube channel but just little stuff and not only that is i start to find what am i interested in i used to be like what will be an interesting episode for guests well if you do that it's just going to be boring Right. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah. okay, like, what do I want to talk about? I had on David Libby last time. We talked about aliens. I got it all out of me. If I, at the beginning of this podcast, I remember thinking, I was like, all right, let's talk about aliens again because people like that. But I was like, we already had the discussion. We're going to, what are we going to do? Talk about the same thing again? And I was like, 
hey, we're in we're in a we're in a global pandemic, and here's a homesteader. And there, I don't plan any of this. Now we have a great conversation. And coming full circle, then it leads to crazy things like talking about how the podcast gets built. That's right. <laughs> and it That's leads right. to this. That's so right. it's, yeah, man, I would just say, like, there's some, as you know, there are just some basic tenets, man. It's like work hard and be consistent. But aside from that, dude, it's a wildly personal experience. And some people, they have super polished, edited podcasts. That's great. That's not for me. That might be for you. You might get a GoPro and like go and film your gardens or whatever, you know, cooking a chicken or planting or skinning a deer or whatever. That might be more your style. You might do a little five minute podcast. Maybe you do big. Have, I don't you, know. have you ever found that um, you say, you know, what is interest to you, Tommy, to be able to make podcasts around that? Ever find if you're like me, there are so many different things that I am interested in so i can do a section on you know all this planting and skinning deer and heck shooting squirrels and making squirrel soup and that was our that was our that was our anniversary meal when i got home yeah last october hey surprise anniversary really what's for dinner honey squirrel soup i'm like let's do it let's learn you know perfect yeah but i also like politics yeah i like i like talking about those hot button topics that people are scared to talk about or they're afraid they're going to hurt people's feelings and i'm going dude the second amendment allows me to have all these guns in my gun case over here so that i can blow your face off if you try to usurp my power and enter my house without my permission part of my family and not only that you can right you know it's true though i mean that's or if the government decides to do that so either way tyrannical second amendment gives me that right as a citizen so I love talking about. I love talking about the evils of public schools. Mm. I love it. I yeah. love it. But my comrades in arms there in the public school system, bunch of Democrat hippies or whatever. But uh, got some good folks that I work with. But man, they just they won't open their eyes, yeah. man. So I love talking about that stuff. So I, I have this problem. I think I just kind of circle around and do stuff. But I think you're right. Maybe over time, kind of find your niche and see. Uh, think- do you do you pay attention to? viewer response or, or have, no. have you got that part of it yet well what i well, mean no. is are they are you getting suggestions through that pipeline so it's, you can think of future possible episodes i don't know it's how still works, so yeah. small that i don't get a lot of comments sure. I, I, it's at a point where i get um i was gonna say when you i, I was just kind of laughing like i was just thinking today like this is off top but what you just said about you know like liberal co-workers <laughs> i just kept thinking like what the funniest part about life is that you know that they are all together like i, I know a great guy named david and tommy but those idiot conservatives if they're like, right, open their right. eyes i saw a quote <laughs> i saw a quote from like the 60s and it was the protesters create the police the police create the protesters mm-hmm. and it's like yep. you all yep. need each other and i was just like that's yep. kind of beautiful in a time of such divisiveness it's kind of beautiful to be like Can't we all just get along exactly or even if we don't get along just acknowledge that like right you almost don't want to all get along because then who are we gonna argue with you know it's like it's and my biggest pet peeve man is is people that are not informed with the issue or the topic at hand so again talking just with other folks i'm going now i'm not saying they have to spend as much time in research and reading and, sure. and talking about it as i have and i know there's people out there that do it so much more than i do even 
but at least I want to have a somewhat intelligent conversation with people about those hot topic issues. Um, but they just spout something emotional, halfway intelligent, sure. or they just repeat something that they kind of heard in a sound bite somewhere and pass it off as their their knowledge. And it's hard, you know, at times to have conversations like because you can't get deep into it. You you go, I have an uncle, I have an uncle that uh, I've tried to talk to him about the Roswell alien incident for years, and any time I bring it up. He, he he has his you know can yeah he has his can no no it's real it's just all a cover up and I go and yet this guy's an this guy's an engineer so he has a logical analytical mind that works off of evidence and proof yeah. and and so then I want I show him that evidence and proof and he uh, he goes ah, now it's just too Cover much up. I just want the boiled down version I'm like you want the dummy version but yet There's you say you want version. the all well, the evidence, unfortun- I have it. Unfortunately, I have it. Dave, you don't want to listen to it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm with your uncle because I want to believe. There's part of me that's like, okay, that makes sense. You're a government operative, aren't you? You know, it's it's. Well, yeah. that was that part of it too. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, what I was gonna say is like, but what's so great is yeah, like I find that like early on, I was like, I want to have this very specific type of podcast, and I found sure. when I did that, I began to hate it because I was like, I don't want to have this conversation again. You know, gotcha. um, you know, I had on like a lot of my military friends, and I was like, "This is great," but it was just it was starting to become all we were talking about was America, rah rah, Second Amendment. I love sure. it. I'm, sure. I'm as pure American as you get. I love it, but I was like, "Man, I'll switch it up." So I had on an author from London who wrote a book about uh all the, like the the South American psychedelics, like the the ones that like the Indians and the Amazon Amazonians, yeah. yeah. and all like the the religious the ones that the Native Americans would take. Sure. And here's this guy, balding British accent, and he wears this like colorful like shaman robe. And I have him on, and I'm like complete change of gears, and it it reinvigorates me, it gets me going. And so I'll have on a couple people like that. I'll have some on some you know more like hippie characters, and then I'm like, let's switch over into like the opposite of hippie. So I have on a guy that's like an MMA fighter, it talks about how he loves just crushing noses. Like that's cool. And then I switch Love to it. like a you know computer engineer so i go from like you know brute force bashing like cavemen to a guy that works at nasa and is like coding for rocket direction systems so but by not keeping a niche i just allow myself to just go towards what i like sure and when you go towards what you like you will inadvertently create interesting episodes because you can't fake enthusiasm you know it's like if we had the same podcast again you know if we just repeated today's episode it was just so you saw the roswell it'd be like i already asked you everything i wanted to ask so it'd be you know i'd just kind of be firing off canned answers right versus instead we're getting really into it today about homesteading and oil and cities and podcasting and that's what like that's that's how you stay interesting because you can't fake this enthusiasm that we're having right Right. now right that's right that's right you know and so for someone like yourself you could go from squirrel soup to then you can go to f-117s like who else can make that kind of jump man and it's to go hunting squirrel with an f-117 with two <laughs> two thousand pound laser guided bombs no you won't have any squirrel the left pinnacle of my life right yeah. there, let me tell you <laughs> laser sighting in there Ooh. it is 
have your daughter with the laser target finder. Oh, yeah. I, oh, but yeah. you wouldn't be able to make any soup because you just like vaporize like a hundred feet. <laughs> but I needed to clear some tree line out there <laughs> anyway. I, I, I need to see get the, the mound ready for farming. You yeah. know, F one F one seventeen irrigation, man. Just yeah, that's right. Just that's right. Carpet bombing. I get some B fifty twos. Carpet bomb some irrigation. But that's what you can do, man. Is like, you know, you can talk about that. You can go from yeah. Boston to you know roswell ufo to public school teacher to f-117 to whatever hey and we won't even get into this episode with about compton la area so i'm not you lived in we compton? got stories down there too so you i live, grew, we grew live, up in southern california so you got stories i mean i got stories exactly you got that's stories what, that's what so, i mean is like and, and and again we need to find a time for daniel and i to get on here yes and just hit record hey, yes because dude dan is i love dan but he never responds to my text, man. He just he just ghosts me. He just <laughs> and then he'll show up and be like, "What are we doing a podcast, bro?" And I'll be like, "You can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too, man." If you don't, like, you you respond to me. We set up a podcast. But Dan, I'm like, "Hey, Dan, why are we doing?" A... And he'll text me like, "Hey, bro, you want to do a podcast today?" I'd be like, "Well, now you know how I feel when I'm trying to communicate with <laughs> yeah. him. I'm going. I don't hear. I don't hear from him for months. Yeah, worried sick." I'm like, I'm like a mother. I'm like, Dan, are you okay? He's been traveling, as you may know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traveling across the country, and we have, we had to, we had to tell him and his wife. And I love them, but I'm going. But you can't stay here. Yeah. You've been traveling from California to Illinois to Tennessee. You're picking up every virus. You've been in these coronavirus hotspots. Can't come here. When my wife was looking at me, going, "Mm, no. Yeah. well, the wife wins. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, You're right. And it's, we'll catch up later. Yeah, and then, <laughs> but seriously, I'll be texting Dan. Won't hear back from like yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Hadn't heard back from him in like two weeks. And I was like, well, you know, maybe Dan kicked the bucket. Like, I guess I just. And then I get a call from him. It's like 11 p.m. on a Friday, and I'm like, oh shit, it's Dan. I got a call. He's like, what's up, brother? And I was just like, what's go- where are you, man? I haven't heard back from you. We've been worried sick. He's like, yeah, I just got finished driving through Vegas. We're out under the stars right now in the middle of nowhere. I was like what are you doing? And he was like, he's like, ah, you know, I'm getting out of California. Coronavirus is getting crazy. He got a trailer. He's like, got some guns and food. And I was like, and he was like, let's set up a podcast. I was like, are you okay? <laughs> like, like, do you need help? <laughs> like, no, brother, I'm good. Like, let's talk tomorrow. Okay. Another week goes by. I'm like, I have on Nick Phelps and he's like, Hey, Dan's joining us. Bing. Dan jumps in the conversation. I'm like, where have you been? And he's like, He's just sit, watch the last the episode with him and Nick, and he's like, yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, you know, just visited, you know, grandkids, and he's like, how you been, Tom? And I was like, I thought you were dead, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> worried, sick about you. Welcome to my world. Yeah, Welcome man. to my world. But like, yeah. yeah, dude, that you need to start a podcast, man. And like, I like, I can, I can tell you like the bare minimums, like you know, literally, you know, like I have QuickTime Player. It's like a movie software that's been out since like the nineties. Yeah. I remember that with dial-up. Yeah, you click on that. Yeah, it comes up on the little bar up top. You just hit one of the options is screen record. Captures the video and the sound. There are much more efficient and professional ways to do that. Episode 74, I'm still screen recording. I got a better microphone because I wanted to up the quality a little bit. Sure. But, dude, aside from that, man, it's – and I I compress the video. You can – one of the options is you can compress it from, like, 4K to – because I figure people are listening. I don't need to upload it in 4K. So, you know, I've I uploaded it in 720. But aside from that, man, finished screen recording. I well, I'm, learn, I'm learning all kinds of stuff, too, with yeah. just teaching. Because I just, right before I got on with you, I was on the other laptop and 
Um, I've used a Camtasia program and there's Fillmore and there's other types of programs like that too. But Camtasia I've used in the past to create little videos for podcast or students or audio, you know what I mean? So you can go in there and edit. So I have a little experience with that. Um, but I tell you what, it, I think I recorded maybe 15 minutes worth of material and it takes a while for the computer just to yeah, process, process as yeah. an MP4 video yeah. so that it can be uploaded online. Yeah. And, you know, with some of my students, they might have to download it first in order yeah. to play because I haven't established a YouTube channel or yeah. something to upload it there. But it, you know, stuff like that. I'm, I'm learning. But it's dude, it's, it's all, all those problems are the same ones I ran into. And it's just, yeah. it's yeah. The first episode I, I didn't realize that screen recording screen records in 4k so I was like, I uploaded like an hour. The first podcast was an hour. And I know you got to go, so we'll wrap it up. But the first sure. podcast was like an hour. I, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, we have good internet. Started uploading. I just let it upload every night. And I came back the next day, about 24 hours later, and it uploaded 10%. And I was like, this can't be right. And I realized I was uploading in 4K, man. It was like it was like 150 gigabytes. And I was like, oh. why am I uploading? Because the, the, screen, the screen record this thing that's right. not even in 4k so it's like there's right, no right there, and i was like okay so like there's a lesson right there compressed it down to 720 the longest podcast i've had was four hours and 27 minutes compressed that one was maybe 20 gigabytes and i was like okay all right i don't need to be uploading in 4k but it's just little stuff like that like sure sure you don't need a microphone you don't need have an external because it does take up memory and you don't want to just upload it to YouTube and hope it doesn't get deleted. So, but dude, you can you can grab a waterproof, fireproof, dustproof external from Amazon, five thousand gigabytes, a hundred bucks. It's oh yeah wow. yeah no wow. yeah yeah Damn. this I mean this this brand new laptop has two hundred and fifty gigs. So it's just get an external. Yeah, I it's, have an external hard drive that I bought years ago. It's seventy five gig. Yeah, dude, that's so you're yeah. telling me your laptop. See, and that's I laptop love that. has two fifty. But yeah. I do it. I do have to get going yeah. here. Tom. I was gonna say, yeah, this one, dude, is this one's 10, 10 terabytes is a hundred bucks, ten thousand wow. gigabytes. But yeah, man, it's wow. Next time we talk, I'll text you. Let's set up another one. Um, I want to. You better have a progress report on how your podcast is coming. Sounds Just good. Just start. Just Sounds start. Good. I appreciate it. All right, man. Take care, brother. Stay Send me safe. the link when you're done, bud. Will we'll do. Talk. Take care. Yep. Peace. All right. Peace.